On Inside Motorsport, we hear part four of our interview with Cameron Kelleher. I hope you'll stay with us. Today, we look at the World Rallycross. Cameron Kelleher and his team are working through the management of the coronavirus and what the new world might look like once we get racing again. We've spoken on Inside Speedway about your work with the Speedway Grand Prix. The other aspect of your current work is the FIA World Rallycross Championship. And that's a sport that I think in the mid eighties had a huge boom. Then we didn't hear for it for a while. It was still going, but it didn't seem to get much traction. And and now it's exploded all over the world, Rallycross. Yeah, you're right. It's traditional routes, I guess, were in a place called Lyndon Hill in in the UK. And for those that don't know, it's a combination of circuit and and off-road racing. And it happens in a stadium environment. If you come along to a Rallycross event, you can sit in the stand and you can basically see everything that's happening you can see the the entire action it's really fast paced you know races don't last any more than about four minutes total and it's all action and it's a series of qualifying races leading to semi-finals and finals um, and it's and it's pretty much non-stop and you know in the case of the cars you know 600 brake horsepower not to one point nine seconds faster than a formula one car off the line so it, it, it's full on <laughs> pretty much uh, like on the same principle of the speedway grand prix cameron yes indeed yeah there's a there's a lot of parallels um, certainly with starts you know explosive start in a speedway event gives you a massive edge as it does in in uh, in rallycross it's in a hiatus now like all sports how are you looking at a return a transition back to competition yeah well craig it, i think it's most like most other categories right now so you know, we were due to start last weekend, actually, April the uh, sorry weekend before last, April nineteenth, in the circuit Catalunya in Barcelona. So we we actually came up with a with a way of providing some entertainment for fans. So we introduced an esports round to coincide with that first round. Uh, it was a phenomenal success, and we're going to launch this Sunday our second round, which will replicate what should have happened in Montalegro in Portugal. As for the calendar itself, I think it goes back to what I said previously in that we're we're kind of in the hands of the decisions that have been made by the local health departments in the regions that we visit. And if their advice is that there are no mass gatherings until the case of Germany, the end of August, or in the case of Spain, the end of May, then there's no prospect of us going racing until until those uh, bans have expired. So we have a provisional calendar that we've put together. We're hoping to get going by mid to end of August, and then we'll have then, then the challenge for us, like other motorsport categories, is is to condense. You know, in our case, we've got to condense ten races into maybe four months. Because if you start to get into December in Europe, then you know it becomes a snow race as opposed to a rallycross event. That's our challenge right now. Um, we are in incredibly strange and uh, unusual times. I don't think any of us will have any experience anything like this in our lifetimes and hopefully never will again so yeah we're just we're in a holding pattern i guess Uh, we're doing as best we can to um, make things happen and then finding things like esports um i mean there's been a massive explosion in esports you guys have have clearly been exposed to um supercars esports um but across the world and across all categories there's a there's been a huge upsurge in in esports because the fact is that we're giving we're giving fans some racing when there's no real racing happening so yeah we're definitely in uncharted waters uh we're we're kind of in war in a wartime really in, in a way 
Um, but I guess we just have to deal with it as best we can. With the esports, was there a plan at IMG to have an esports arm? And how, if you did have a plan, how many years, months, decades has this been accelerated? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, we we had it on our agenda to introduce in 2020. We thought we would be, we would be ready with all the pieces in place to launch uh, around about May time, given that there was a few boxes to tick um, before we could get it up and running. So we accelerated that process dramatically. So we then went out and partnered with um, uh, Motorsport Games, which is part of the Motorsport Network here in UK and Codemasters, who are the game developer, um, and we brought that forward by um, by a couple of months. And in fact, we worked day and night. There's a small team of us uh, worked day and night to get that off the ground and to get us uh, to a point where we could launch um, the Catalonia round on the 18th, of, sorry, 19th of April, which we did. Um, and you know, we sat there with our fingers crossed. <laughs> I've got to got to be honest um, that you know the stream didn't fall over or or um, the drivers didn't say the wrong thing at the wrong time, as happened in NASCAR recently. Um, so yeah, we um, we pulled it off, and uh, it was a massive success um, in terms of audience numbers. We we engaged something point something like um, seven point nine million people. In our initial event, um, we had 275,000 live streams at the height of the stream. So um, it's, it was hugely successful, but it was accelerated. It was planned to be May, and we brought it forward by, by at least a month, yeah. My understanding is with these events, it's a circuit that's developed in and around a, an existing stadium. So how were you able to map all the tracks? One of the, the big features is, of course, the detail that they're able to replicate on the track. Had you had all the tracks scanned during the course of last year in preparation for this year, or how did, how did you get that logistic through? Uh, no, we don't. Uh, we don't have all the tracks, unfortunately, because we've, um, like Formula One with, you know, venues like Vietnam, um, they have new tracks and um, – their gaming partners wouldn't have had time to go and do their CAD work around those tracks to capture the data to produce the game. So we're we're in the same boat. So we don't have uh, uh, we don't have Cape Town, for instance, and we don't have a couple of other races that are that are new to the calendar. So much like F1, where we don't have those races um, in the game, we we introduce um, a venue which we do have. So. Um, for example, we will use Abu Dhabi as a replacement for um, one of our other rounds later in the year, much like F1. Uh, they used, um, I think they used Australia for the opening. Um, yep, for um, no, Vietnam. Vietnam, that's right, yeah. So same principle applies to us. Where we have the game, we'll use it, um, but there's a tremendous amount of data capture and, and data processing that goes into producing uh, the game it's it's a 12 month process in in most cases so where we have new tracks or where we introduced new tracks last year they'll be on the game next year but uh, not before I can very much imagine that now that you've cracked that egg it's going to have to it's going to have to become part of your um, media offering from now on in because you've you've got an audience and it's established that there's an audience that wants eSports as much as they want. Uh, physical live sport. No, absolutely. I mean, it was always our intention to introduce it this season um, because we felt we were missing a trick in not 
having uh, esports as a, a, a fan engagement tool. Um, so our plan was to run like qualifying rounds um, at city venues that we travelled to, um, and then we would stream live the final. So we would invite Joe Public to come along to an event in um, you know downtown Barcelona and go through a qualifying phase. Um, come to the race, enjoy the race, meet the drivers, and then go and compete in the paddock in a live streamed final. That was our uh, that was our model. Um, but for sure, if you're not talking to and engaging um, fans through esports or social media, for that matter, then you you are missing a, a huge trick. If you look at um, guys like Lando Morris. You know, Lando's become an absolute superstar on on a platform called Twitch, um, and I think I went back to the very first esports F1 round. At one point during that live stream on the F1 uh, Veloci channel, uh, I think they had like sixty thousand viewers concurrently, and I switched to Twitch, and Lando was up to one point two million live. I mean, that, that's phenomenal. Um, and now he, he, he has this system now where he just has weekly chats. He'll send an alert on Twitter saying, yeah, come and chat to me at four o'clock. And suddenly, you know, 120,000 people will go on there and, and, and chat to him, quite apart from all the racing he's doing. We conclude our chat with Cameron Kelleher next week on Inside Motorsport. Until then, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.